2: Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: Dude just it's going to happen quickly. July 29th is just around the corner but we got a yeah I got a text about 3 weeks ago from Rudy Sarzo letting me know he's going to be in town with Quiet Riot, and hey would you if you'd like to come to the show, I'd, I'd love to see you. And I just thought it was the kindest thing. And, you know, Christmas time, we'll, we'll text each other, mm-hmm. and birthdays, or just in moments, right? And if you, like I said earlier, if you would have told the 15 year old kid sitting with Scott and Richard, his two best friends, Richard came from a, a more uh, well to do family. So he had a boombox, and we would go fishing, smoke cigarettes, <laughs> and ditch weed at this pond. And, he brought in, I'll re- I can tell you, I remember sitting there and him singing along and looking me in the face like, did I get it? Bang your head, metal health. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, he wanted me to hear the words. Like, he's really, like, he's already a super fan. And it was one of those life changes. But if you would have told me that as I sat there and we undid the, the cassette and then I went home and, of course, got the album and I'm looking at the album and you're looking at this crazy thing and you're reading about these people and you're looking at the pictures of them, that years later you would become a friend with, with Kevin and Frankie and Rudy that uh i would have said lay off the acid kid really stop don't don't do as much as you as you think you should
1: born november 18th in cuba he has played bass guitar in some of the most influential and commercially successful heavy metal bands of the last several decades his name is ruby sarzo White Snake, as well as touring with the likes of Dio, Blue Oyster Cult, and the Guess Who, he rejoined Quiet Riot last year to carry on the band's legacy at the behest of the late great Frankie Banali. And on Friday, July 29th, you can see the band live at the Ameristar Casino. Please welcome legendary bassist and friend of the show, Rudy Sarza.
0: Brother Rudy, how are you? Johnny! <laughs> I am blessed. I am blessed. Wow. What a weekend. We just uh, uh, we just did a show Saturday night at the Whiskey Agogo. It was sold out. And to stand on the stage where I stood for the first time with... With Randy and Kevin right. back in nineteen seventy eight. That was just freaking amazing. And then later on with Frankie, you know, the, that Metal Hill version of Quiet Riot. It was sure. what what a trip. What well, a trip.
3: Well you got turned down to go you, you, you couldn't get tickets to the Van Halen show that night and you ended That's up right. you ended up at the Quiet Riot show.
0: At the Whistle. Well, yeah, 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 my, yeah. I had just gotten into town to LA. I was checking out the scene, and everybody was talking about the Van Halen band. Then we're talking about, you know, 1977 when this happened. And I was having a conversation with Dana Strum um, uh, a couple of months ago because they, Dana was the opening band, uh, Bad Axe, That's when crazy. I saw Quiet Riot at the Starwood. Yeah. And he pinpointed the, the date. It's August 27, 1977. <laughs> because he's got he's got the Star Wars backstage uh, sheet that they will give you, wow. with, you know, the, the band members and the time that the band will go on. And he just sent me a photograph of that. So that was really amazing because I walked in. I had no idea. Here I am, brand new in L.A., checking out the scene. And I see these guys coming on, and I got it. And yeah. how and and then what happened was you know i was really impressed and, and and you know just like anytime you see somebody doing the right thing you know going in the right direction musically uh i like to tell him, i don't know i just say hey man keep doing what you're doing you're gonna get there you know so i bump into kevin after their show he was walking around the starwood and i bump into him and i introduced myself hey i'm rudy And I just got into town and, you know, whatever you guys are doing, keep doing it because, you know, you're going in the right direction. A year later, I get a call from Kevin uh, that they were looking for a bass player. And, um, you know, a lot of people kept saying, hey, you know, the guy that you're looking for is Rudy. And I was in Jersey at the time. And uh, but I had just bought my ticket to go back to L.A. the following week. So I told Kevin, "Listen, I'll be there next week." And I went down, I auditioned, and I got the gig. Yes. That's 1978. God.
3: Yeah, and that's and that's if those of you don't know, Randy Rhodes, the late great Randy Rhodes, was a part of Quiet Riot originally before going to Ozzy's first solo band, and and th- but the time there's no way you know we look back of course in history, and we see how special the time was. But the Starwood, the Whiskey, the Roxy, I mean, Gazzari's, like it just goes on and on and on. The Troubadour. You know the the characters that 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 made that world work the the record companies that time in music, the bands that were being brought forward you you even though you're in the middle of it, I don't know that you could i mean there's just no way to tell the impact it's gonna have on history
0: absolutely it was a very special time. by the way, have you read my book off yeah, the rail of course okay because because I was going to bring you a copy. I mean, I can still bring you another a fresh copy dedicated to you, you know, when I see you in, I'm gonna, in, I'm, uh, in July. I'm, I'm going to
3: bring you. I'm going to bring you my copy so you can see why I need a fresh copy. Because <laughs> what happens is, I when I love a page and I want to talk to you about something, I I pen the page over, and so it's, uh-huh. it's it's like an entire dog-eared copy of Off the Rails the, aboard the Crazy Train. Because you know, as a kid. I wasn't extremely popular and I wasn't necessarily a great student or a great athlete, but the one thing that a couple of the guys in the neighborhood and I had in common was, was music. And I was talking about. I remember the first time I heard Metal Health. I remember, you know, the, the, being terrified but so just excited about a guy like Ozzy Osbourne. And and, and those songs were scary but awesome. And you're just about the time, you know, your puberty's hitting, all this crazy, you know, emotions coming out of you, and it means everything to you. Like it's it. We just we we ate up everything we could
2: find on it.
0: You know, it's, it's really funny that, that you mentioned, you know, the song Mental Health. The, uh, has, did Kevin ever tell you the origin of that song? No, no. Okay, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. Uh, okay, so, you know, Randy and I, every time we had a break from Ozzy, this is 1981, you know, and of course early 82, uh, we used to go directly from the airport, LAX, Los Angeles Airport, yeah. straight to Kevin's place. Mainly because not only did we want to hang out with him, go to the rainbow, but also because we wanted to keep him up to date with what was going on out there. Because, you know, pretty much LA without the internet is an island. You have yeah. to have no idea of what's going on in England and Europe, you know, right. all of that, right? Yeah. Where, where there was the, the new way for British invasion was happening already. You know, we, uh, uh, Ozzy, we had Motorhead on tour with us. We have Def Leppard on tour with us. And this is 41 years ago, you know. So it it was, and then we were touring in England with the band called Girl. We were touring in Europe with Saxon. And, you know, this was this whole scene that in L.A., that was kind of like, nobody knew that that was going on, you know. And, and, And back in the day, magazines took about three months for an article to appear right after you did an interview. So, you know, it was all basically all news. So we used to go and get together with Kevin and, and tell him about, you know, listen, don't give up what you're doing, because at that time he had a band called Dubrow, which is the missing link between the Randy Rhodes metal uh, Choir Riot and the Metal Health version of Choir Riot. You have Dubrow, you know. Yeah. Which I, I, used to, I used to live with Kevin right up until I joined Ozzy, and I also play with him in Dubrow, which a lot of the songs on Metal Health, came from that era. Sure. So we used to get together with Kevin and say, hey, listen, you're not going to believe this. There's these fans in England that they come to the front of the stage and they, they bang their heads on the stage while we're playing. So, you know, Kevin is listening to all of this and he's like, mm, his wheels are spinning. Now, meanwhile, the original uh, the song, what, what became Metal Health, as it was rewritten. It was No More Booze. It's a song that that Carlos Cavasso brought in from his band really? Snow. Really? Yeah. And it was called No More Booze. What a drag. <laughs> <laughs> that was the <his> song. So <laughs> so Kevin, you know, he, he just rewrote the whole thing and, and created this vision without really experiencing it, but just by what like, the stories that we told Kevin, he just came up with that. Dude,
3: that I mean and that's pure Du Bro. Like Never, <laughs> ne- I mean, you want to talk about a guy that exuded like everything I ever. I, I just always think back to his memories. And I, you know, like everyone, I, I miss him every day, and I just think yeah. he was infuriating and uh, charming and hilarious and confident in a way I've never known another human being ever to be.
0: Yeah, you know, if you listen to the lyrics of Metal Hill, that, that that's him. Yeah, and he and he never lit up on being that. Yeah, the, the character in that song. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, you know. Well, you know. You know the end before I was so glad before he before he passed that, you know, we had stopped talking for a couple years, and he had called me, and I saw seven hundred two come up on my cell, and I was like, "Holy cow, that's Vegas! That's got to be Kevin!" So I answered the phone. He goes, "Hey, man, we're in town with ZZ Top tonight. It was they were playing at the River Market here in Kansas City." And he goes, "Can we come down?" I go, "Absolutely!" And we had we it was a, a dumb argument we had, but every argument was dumb with Kevin, right? And,
0: yeah. And, yeah. It's family. You know, yeah. We will always argue with family. You yeah. Know?
3: And he was so sweet. And he was, I mean, just, I'm just so glad that he was, he was definitely even, uh, I don't know that I would have called him. And I was just, it, it meant the world to me. And I, I'll always remember that never, 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 never let friends drift away over mm-hmm. some stupid argument and, and over an apology. Just apologize, get past it and, and move forward in life and, and still love people.
0: Listen, you know, we always love. Playing Kansas City, I, I I fell in love with Kansas City the first time I played there with Ozzy. Yeah, in nineteen in nineteen eighty one, we played there with Motorhead at the Veterans. Yeah, Memorial Hall. Yeah, Memorial Hall, and I fell in love with the place. I walked the place. Oh, I, you know, I mean, you know, we didn't have Uber, we didn't have cars, so we just get out of the. Uh, we were staying at the uh, Embassy Suites, <laughs> yeah. and we, we just walked down. And just like walk the whole city, and I just fell in love with the city. But the reason why Quiet Riot loved playing Kansas City is because you were there. You are there, you yeah. know. So always to get to hang out with you and be with you, man. That that was really a treat for us.
3: Well, dude, listen. I, I just it, the band is so iconic, and every band you've been in. I was. We've been talking about this earlier on the show, Rudy. And if you're just joining the show, the great, the legendary Rudy Sarzo is with us. Rudy came from, uh, he was an immigrant from Cuba, went on to play in the most influential bands. Quiet Riot, the first band to have a number one metal record on Billboard chart. Uh, uh, Whitesnake, which reinvented videos. Uh, I mean, and, and the music that came out of David Coverdale in that era of Whitesnake is by far the most popular. Uh, Ozzy, which was the most exciting thing to happen in metal, from Sabbath to Ozzy and this imagery and this incredible, young, phenomenal guitar player, Randy Rhodes and this insane bass player. And, you know, as kids, like you said, there was no internet. So you saw, if you saw a Kerrang! magazine, you saw some of that Hit Parader or Circus. And that, at the time, I think was all there was, early days. And so, everything was rumor. And it was all like, is he this? Is he that? And you were so scared to see that show, but so excited. And I don't know that we can get that in music anymore, Rudy. Like, it was... It was a different time where people like it was a life that, that just it was bigger than anything else.
0: Yeah, it's like uh, analog versus digital. You know, it's a, you know people call it virtual. No, yeah. we were not virtual. We were real. Yeah. <laughs> like what was going on on stage and even behind the scenes, wound up on stage. You know that energy, that that passion, the angst of the whole thing. We brought it with us and 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 uh, we used that as, as fuel for our music.
3: Well, and you were the to me. You've always been the most calm and the, the most – the center of all of the insanity. Like, Randy, I think, was very sweet, uh, but Ozzy at the time was off the – I mean, truly off the rails. He and Sharon were either fist-fighting or in love with each other, but they were creating something that, that could not be stopped. And uh,
0: Absolutely. I yeah.
3: couldn't imagine being – I can't imagine you trying to just – figure out that world that they that they had because that when you, mm-hmm. you read the book off the rails like who, the guy harry who had to punch ozzy off of sharon <laughs> that time <laughs>
1: so,
0: yeah one, one, every day every day there was something so you know there was something you know it, it's it's my motto was expect the unexpected <laughs> Every yeah. single day something was going to happen, you know, you just didn't know exactly what it was going to be like. But it, I have the most inc- wonderful memories. And, and you know, and, and it's interesting that, you know, talking about Randy, the influence that he had on Ozzy, because Ozzy, you know, I, I, I got to know him pretty well. I mean, you know, you, I, I used to live with them when, when I was off the road with Sharon and Ozzy. Right. And uh, we were all together in the same tour bus, you know, yeah. during, on, on tour. So you really get to know people, you know. And uh, Ozzy was the kindest, sweetest man, really. And huh. then he was a ma- for a madman. <laughs> yes, yes,
3: a real madman. Like there's another person. There's man. another person inside of Ozzy. And I've had multiple <laughs> friends who, who, who know him, like like Whitfield Crane is a good friend as well. And 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 he has told me all good things. But he goes, no, there's definitely another human being inside of there.
0: <laughs> but 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 you know. Ozzy, Ozzy yeah. is the sweetest, the sweetest, kindest man. And Sharon, she, she was unbelievably kind with me, you know. So I have some really wonderful memories. And then, you know, this, this is, in a nutshell, this is what happened. When I joined Choir Riot in the 70s, I found my um, collective consciousness of everything I wanted about music, what music meant to me and what I, wa- what I wanted to do with my career, right. you know, these are the people I wanted to be with. It was all about music. We never talked about politics. We didn't talk about religion. We didn't talk about the news, nothing. We we'll, we'll talked about choir riot, music, and how we're gonna get this to right. the masses outside of LA. So, you know, I joined Ozzy and there's Randy. And you know, probably the biggest part of that consciousness with choir riot, I am playing with him again. Right Then Randy passes away. I lost that consciousness. I lost that. I mean, it's, you know, as much as I love Ozzy, we have different backgrounds. He comes from Birmingham, England, you know, it's just so right. pretty, you know, let me put it this way. Black Sabbath where I never come out of, uh, let's say, playing and uh, living in Malibu. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Or living or living in South Florida, which is where, you know, where, where, where I come from. So it came from this industrial, moody, dark place that you got Black Sabbath, you got Ozzy, you know, and then, you know, I, I lose that, that quiet riot consciousness when, when, when Randy passed away. And then I get a phone call while I'm still a member of Ozzy to come in to play one song for what, you know, I get a phone call from Kevin. It says, listen, you know, we're, we're, we're in the studio, there's, there's a possible record deal. And can you come, you know, would you like to come down and track Thunderbird? which is a song that he wrote when Randy left Quiet Riot to join Ozzy. And I used to play that song with him and Dubrow. You know, that's my line. And I, I said, sure, I'd love to. Now I walk in the studio and of course it just hit me. They say, Oh my God, here I am playing with Frankie Benelli, who I have been oh. playing with. I first started uh, 50 years ago this year. I started playing with Frankie Benelli back in Florida we traveled the whole country together. We lived in LA. We share our dreams. We share our consciousness. He was my, my mentor back in Miami because here I am, you know, I'm playing rock and roll, but, you know, it's, the guys that I was playing with were, that were more into the dance club scene. Frankie already was playing in bands, uh, let's say his band Ginger. I watched him perform for the very first time the day before my birthday. His band was opening up for, for uh, David Bowie's Zig Stardust tour. Wow. This is November 17 wow. at Pirates World. And I walk in and I watch th- this band and I'm blown away by the drummer. So the next day on my birthday, I'm at, I'm at the local hangout, which was the Flying Machine in Philodadale. In and somebody says, hey, that's one of the guys from the band Ginger that opened up for Ozzy yesterday. So I make a beeline for this guy. <laughs> and I say, hey man, you know, just like I did with Kevin, I say I saw you guys, and you guys were amazing. By the way, your drummer is incredible. So I'm, you know, I'm telling him how great the drummer is, and he's smiling. <laughs> and uh, he goes, "Oh, hi!" Uh, he puts his hand out and goes, "I'm Frankie. I'm the drummer." Oh, that's great, dude. And we and we played together for like ten years right before to the making of that mental health record. That's what brought me back in the band.
3: You know, it's a side note. I've noticed, and this is the thing about you I've always known, but it really is apparent even today you really do take the time, whenever you see somebody you think is, is good at what they do, to tell them honestly and, and with sincerity, with no ulterior motives, you're really good at this. There's another part in your book when you were sitting, Phil Collins was a young Phil Collins from Def Leppard opening up, and they're just trying to get some. This is before they ever had a hit for anything. They're just kids trying to hang on, and he's in there practicing. And I think it was you and Randy Rhodes walking by, and Randy goes, he's pretty good. And, and yeah, you like, he absolutely. really is. So you stop to tell him, hey... You're, you're yeah. going gonna to be great. You're going to be a star, kid.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I think it's very important for every musician to remain a fan because we are fans longer than we are professional musicians. I mean, yeah. we get, get into it, you know, we, become, we struggle to make it because we are inspired by other bands and other musicians, you know, when we're young, and to, keep, uh, to remain a fan I think it's, this is the reason why we do it. I'm a fan. I'm, right. I'm a fan of Quiet Riot. I've been a fan of Quiet Riot before I joined the band.
3: Dude, it's going to be such a you good know. show. It's just going to be such yeah. a great show. The Ameristar Casino tickets are available Friday, July 29th. And I can't wait to see you and, and of course, that no good Jizzy Pearl. Now, you know, per, <laughs> you know Pearl and I have a long history from, from 91.
0: Oh, my God. So um,
3: <laughs> Oh, he used to live at my house here in Kansas
0: City. I know you oh, told me that crazy that's son of a bitch. Oh,
3: he's a, he's a, he's a <laughs> maniac, but he's, he's, he is he's another one of you guys. Like he is a dude who he was built to make it in this industry. Like all he cares about in this world yeah. is creating stuff, singing, becoming a good singer and making it happen. Like he works hard like you do. And I think that's why Frankie liked him, you know, and, and, and I think about Frankie all the time too, man. I've got that uh, a beautiful, when the documentary came out, um, he had sent me a package of things and, and, a, and a letter that I cherish to this day. Like I'll break it out and read it and kind of get upset and put it back away again. And just, he was just such a good, kind man, Frankie, man.
0: Absolutely. I mean, he's the reason why uh, I'm back in quite because that was his, uh, his wish, you know, Yeah. and uh, to be able to go on stage and celebrate the legacy of the band and the memory of Frankie and Kevin and Randy, this is such a blessing. It yeah. really is.
3: It is, man. And and just the way you like I follow you on obviously on Instagram, we stay in touch, but you live the way I always think. I, I take a lot of uh, of of keys from you. Like I just watch it, I go, Man, that's how you do it. You you're kind and, you, and you're thoughtful and you enjoy it and, and you know, your love of animals and family and just everything. I'm like, that's that's, the, that's what you want to watch for. That As we pass through this earth and we realize, you know, maybe there's even less time in front of us than we have behind us, you know, it, all the things that are truly important. Be good at what you do. Work hard. Be kind. Give real sincere compliments and enjoy. Enjoy everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I follow you, too, and you do the same thing. You know, we are, we are going on, on, you know, that certain path, you know, yep. uh, towards the right things. Yeah. And uh, I am, you know, it's, it's, to me, there's no other path. This is the way to go. You know, you go in the right direction, you know, whatever spirituality you have inside of you that you believe in, follow that. Sure.
3: No, you're conscious. Your, your, your heart always knows what's right and what's wrong and where you should be.
0: Absolutely. Follow your yeah.
3: heart. Always. Yeah. yeah. Uh Rudy, you, uh it's, uh and I, I, here's the thing. Uh Actually, I didn't remember and I was telling Jake. So we're all huge John five fans. I think that kid is he, he's another real phenom. And, uh, and I love watching him have, uh, grow over the years, but most people didn't know. And even Jake didn't know that in sun King, because the album didn't come out that you, mm-hmm. there's a kid named Lowry and in this kid, like, you knew I'm sure when you first saw him, you're like he has something like he's another one
0: yeah it's it's really funny i w- I was talking uh, with Bob Marlette, who actually what we, what we have in common is that uh, Bob and frankie and i we we moved to l a in nineteen seventy six and we lived together we had a band, and Bob is one of the biggest you know producers of you know of modern modern rock you know mm-hmm. and and so I somebody okay so Weissmake, uh, David Coverdale announces to the band during the tour in 1990 that this was going to be that he was going to put the band in in hiatus after this tour. Okay, and so everybody started making plans about what to do, you know, in a, with our future. And I a, a friend of a, a friend of mine says, "Hey, you got to check out this guitar player in this band." So I went to Gazaris on the Strip and. There's a, this band comes down, you know the, uh, you know they go on stage, and I see something happening, and then all of a sudden the guitar player opens the set with a guitar solo, and he's young, he's like you know, he looks like he was nineteen, but he looked like he was twelve. Right. Yeah. Really. <laughs> and, he's, and he's playing this blistering solo, and I'm going like, wow, this is really unique. This is really you know different. So you know they finish the set. And I think uh, there were five other people <laughs> at, at Gazzari on, on that oh, night. So and he gets off the uh, stage, and I introduce myself, and I go, you know, I'm, I'm putting a band together. So John, that was John. He was 19 years old, and I got it. I saw his, You know, and at that time, I was playing with both Adrian Vandenberg and Steve Vai. Yeah. So it wasn't like I, I didn't have a proper reference of what a great guitar player should be. But I saw that in him. You know, and so we put a band together called Sun King. Now, where Bob Marley comes in is that Bob, well, you know, we brought him in to become our producer for the record that never got made. So the band imploded, but Bob and and John kept working together and they wrote music and, and produced tracks for like David Lee Roth and a bunch of other yes. artists.
3: And they carried on. <laughs> See, and, and I knew about the David Lee Roth stuff, which I would love to hear any of the Sun King stuff, because again, obviously, the kid we're talking about is you know him now as John Five, and he mm-hmm. is a phenom, a phenom player. Like he, you know, it's you've worked with these guys that are so you know Carlos was always a great, great player. Uh, yeah, you know, yes. And then you've got, of course, Randy, which he changed music completely. Yes. And uh, and then guys like John Five, like who are right on the cusp of being that Eddie Van Halen level player. That you know, his yeah. I don't know what's wrong with with uh, with John's John with his brain, but he has the ability to. It's almost like he can. He's thinking in one pattern. He's already inside of another pattern. Because I've never heard anybody switch from bluegrass to blistering metal to this crazy detuned stuff with a flawless. You know, it just it just happens. Like nobody can turn the page musically like that. I've just never seen a, a guy be able to do that.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, it, 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 if, if you look at his resume, he's played with Jane Wiedlin from the Go-Go's. Yep. Katie Land. Katie Land. Yep. When we're talking about country, Canadian country music, right? Yeah. And Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, you know, he can play anything. Yeah,
3: but but that's, you know what? That's like you. Like, when you, you know, you're a kid and you become a musician and you've always been musical. But your family comes here from Cuba and you're going to you're going to strike out in the in the longest long shot of all long shots. A, <laughs> a Cuban born American kid who's going to come here and and break into that world like that. I mean, Rudy, you know that nobody would have bet on on one giant success, let alone all the giant successes. And it's got to be literally the drive, the heart and, 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 and most of all, you know, the talent. But, but the heart and the drive are the, are the things you have to have that I think some people lack in this world.
0: Well, yeah, 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 you have to believe, you know. And, and when I say believe, you have to believe, not just focus on, on one or two elements of your life. You don't have to believe in anything, you have to believe in yourself, you know. Uh, and, and my biggest uh, challenge was actually getting away from the mentality of the people locally in miami for my com- uh, you know latin community musicians telling me no you're never going to make it this is it you're going to be playing disco for the rest of your life right and I said no i gotta i'm gonna get out of here and i got out of there you know with frankie frankie uh uh you know we moved out to the chicago area and we started playing out there and, put, and putting band you know a band together and traveling the country you know in a van <laughs> yeah. yeah, just going from town to town you know playing playing covers and then we moved to LA you know you have to do whatever you, you have to do you, know, you that's, know
3: that's how I ended up in LA was I was a kid and I dropped out of high school in Olathe Kansas and I just I remember seeing in the summertime they had this thing called Cruising the Fay it was the local street and I saw these guys I go man didn't you leave school like four years ago but they're still doing this loop and it was just so yeah. obvious to me this loop. They drive down the street, go through a parking lot, come back down, go through another parking lot, and they would look to make a connection with another human being or whatever it was. And I just and it was like a ton of bricks. I was like, I gotta leave. If I don't leave, I'm I'm just all it's gonna happen is I'm gonna meet a girl. She's gonna get pregnant. I'm gonna live here for the rest. Like there'll be nothing. I, I, I will never escape the loop, the never ending Arden St. Santa Fe loop. So I packed up yeah, but- a couple hundred bucks and I ended up living with the guys down by uh, the Musicians Institute at La Palma's next door to Paul Gilbert and uh, on Yucca street.
0: I know exactly where that is, yeah. <laughs> but you know what, Johnny, you know, as, as, as I, you know, go around the States, you know, you know, talking with radio personalities, you are unique. You're, there's nobody else like you. That's really? Awesome. I mean, That's we're I having say. this conversation and it's, it's friend to friend conversation. You know what I mean? You are very personable. You you are you are family. You're part of the musical family. You're you're not just somebody who you know is actually there playing our music. You are part of our music creation process.
3: Well, it means the world to me for you to say that, and that really does, because I was a kid, and you know, and you know this, like. I just wanted to be part of it. I didn't know what part. I didn't care. It just—it was the only thing that moved me in my life. Like I would just—I loved music. I loved the albums. I loved the bands. I loved going to the shows. And I just knew. I just just wanted to be a part of the machine somehow, some way. So yeah, we all find our way. And if you're lucky, you get to meet people like yourself, Rudy Sarzo, Kevin DeBro, Carlos, Frankie. You know, all of these wonderful people that were so important to you. And still, as we go through this life, you 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 realize they're even better than you imagined they could be. And that's, that's the thing, that money gets spent, everything passes by, time goes by, but the one thing you always have is memories, and I and I they, they, I hold them closer all the time.
0: I am so looking forward to giving you a brotherly hug yes, when sir. I see you in yes, July. Sir.
3: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look, I love you, Rudy, I can't wait to see you in July. I'll be at that show for sure as the rest of the world will be July 29th. A Maristar Casino and by the way, we're talking about a book. If you haven't read Off the Rails, it's it's you can't even say you're a metal fan if you haven't read it. You you have to go get it. It's it's fantastic, man. I love I've read it twice, Rudy, just so you know.
0: I want to bring you a fresh copy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love you, my friend. The great you Rudy Sargent. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, Rudy, stay right there. Hold on. Is that, like he's such an incredibly <sighs> yes
1: everything, <He> is everything. <laughs> all of
3: it. That I mean, that's not just because he's nice to us. I mean, no, you nobody can dispute the, the pedigree of Rudy Sarzo. I mean, he's just as good as it gets. He's as he's as as big as is accomplished as as any any other bass player
1: you can you can you can talk about. Well, before he came on the air, like that's the funny conversation that we had because you told me about the John Lowry about the John Five stuff. Yeah, and we were talking about it off the air. And he was laughing, but I said that you see that circle of dudes like you who, you know, when I was a kid, it was the biggest deal ever. I had the mental health. I had the mask oh. on my wall, biggest yes. deal ever. And for you guys to have come in and been so nice and be exactly what you, what we wanted you to be. Yes. And it just makes you that much bigger. You were already a God in my mind. Now you're that much bigger. And yeah. then I'm, and then and that's it.
3: Really better than you, better than you ever thought. Yeah, again.
1: better than any human should be in that kind of state, in that kind of status.
3: I, well, because when I first met Kevin, the band was kind of apart. A in
1: fact, it was very apart. <laughs>
3: and uh, it was just Frankie. At the time, it was Frankie and Kevin and some other players, and uh, and over time, uh, Rudy had come back and Carlos come back, and so it was the original, the real, you know, the the, the original. And it's always. It's always going to be quite rampant. Right? There's something special, obviously, about sure. that.
1: that group. Yeah.
3: And i always remember getting... And I've been friends with a couple of guys for quite a while already. But I walked on the bus and realized I just walked on the bus and they were all sitting in the front. <laughs> and I was like, Carlos Cavazzo, Rudy Sarzo, Frankie Benelli, and Kevin DeBrow. G- g- goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 I mean, I went 12 years old. Like, I was like... I, I went from confident to like... I don't even know what to say. I'm too stupid to even be here. I should yeah, leave I, right now. I should I go could, away. I shouldn't even be on there. I'm just going to go he, home I right can now. just
2: see you going, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, walking uh, away. <laughs> but he's, he's such
1: a thoughtful dude. Because as we were having that talk, I'm like, and you see how it's all a giant circle. Like when you talk about working with John yeah. Lowry, with John 5, you know, and I told him the story of when we were backstage, when you got us backstage at the Rob Zombie Show, and Jackson was only, my son was maybe six years old, seven maybe. Something like that. Anyway, at Rob Zombie and John 5 was so nice to him and so good to him and knew, you know, that we were fans or whatever. And he's like, I'm going to go put my makeup on and I'm going to come back and I'm going to be real scary. (laughs) But I still want to take a picture with you and I want you to hold my guitar. Like he was so good at Jackson. And so I said, you see how like that whole circle of you're nice to a kid one time and that dude would do he'll be he's a fan for life. And you see how that is. And then Rudy said, he goes, because I'm a fan, dude. Yeah. Because I get it. I go to the whiskey or I go to places and I see dudes that I... You um, go, uh, yeah, you you're awesome. Yeah, and you're the best. And it makes me worship that dude forever. But we see, here's the problem.
3: Uh, people start referring to people's music as product. Uh, other musicians fold their arms and stu- they don't clap. And they're afraid, they're afraid that somehow it diminishes them, other musicians, to clearly enjoy another musician. And if you're a great, like a Rudy... It doesn't, that doesn't, no, you occur. don't care. It doesn't occur to you. We've talked right. about this with well, and you comedians how, as well. Yeah. Like
1: when you compliment, when you take the time and you genuinely compliment others here and there,
3: when you find them, that yeah. just makes you so much more kick ass. Yeah. Let alone you're a fan, like it you're saying shows, on top of it. You ain't afraid. When mm-hmm. you
1: hear Rudy say, I was a fan of Quiet Right before I was in Quiet Right. I was a fan yeah. before, because a lot of dudes get in it, resent what makes them great. Yeah. And then they, they like you talk about folding your arms. They fold their arms they're like, nah, that's I don't want to talk I, about I, it. Yeah, I don't want to be part of that.
3: <laughs> and, and the greats, are like him. Like it's just really, it, it's it is amazing. And uh, but he is one of those people that. Like he, the, you know, the reason he's still doing great and still uh, alive and healthy and and sounds like a million bucks is because that very thing. He's appreciative. He's in love with it, and he's a fan. Yeah. And and I hope that I never don't. I hope I never sound on the radio like I'm not a fan because people. I'd rather much. I'd rather get a million texts of somebody going, "Oh, you're swinging from their balls." Yeah. 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 Because yeah, they're swinging good. from their balls. Because well, no, it's it's just real super easy. I'm a super fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is just that simple. You want me to act too cool like I'm one of them? I'm not. Mm -mm. I'm a kid who got lucky enough to talk to him. And God forbid. like, Dude, if you think I don't show people, if I get a text from somebody, I go, look at this. Yeah, I
1: show everybody and save save my voicemails. But Rudy, that's what makes Rudy great. Rudy's the type of dude that you would be so excited to meet him and sit down and talk to him. And if Robert Plant walked by, (laughs) Rudy would be the one to go... Oh, yes, that's Robert yeah. Penn.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's uh, what, a, what a wonderful guy, man. Make sure you go to the show, Quiet Riot, at the Ameristar Casino, Friday, July 29th.
4: We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified.